Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. What is going on in your world, Bridget? Oh my gosh, what week is it? What day is it? I know. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Anyway, we are back in Vegas, figuratively speaking. Yes. This is the second half of season one, episode 15, the finale of season one. It's Vegas, baby. Yeah, and we left off. We were just playing poker. It was like mm-hmm. the worst poker time of my <laughs> life, and I won't do it again. No more poker tables for me. I'll just watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next scene is we are walking down a long hallway, and we are in the new Tower of the Palms, which we're getting a sneak peek of because um, in your interview, you say George Maloof is having a party at the new tower that the Palms was building, and they have a special suite called the Heart hardwood suite which is basically just a basketball Mm -hmm. court with some beds in it yeah beds and some bathrooms and stuff like that they opened this fantasy tower that had some really fun themed suites that were novel to vegas at the time i don't even know if anybody's opened suites like this since but there was like one with a bowling alley and there was the hardwood suite and there was one that was all hot pink for like bachelorette parties Uh uh-huh For a while, it was a Barbie suite, like after the fact. Like Barbie came in and put like Barbie artifacts in there. That's cool. Yeah. And then obviously the Hugh Hefner suite, Mm -hmm. but we don't get to see that yet. Yeah, we don't have that yet. It's not done. We're not staying there. We're getting a preview of the hardwood suite. And did you see when everybody starts shooting baskets, some woman standing there gets like beamed in the head by the ball? Yes, (laughs) multiple times. Yeah. But we walk in and it is packed and everybody's like shooting hoops. It's like the thing to do. And I say in commentary that I was told that that suite cost 50 grand a night. I believe it because I think for a while the Hugh Hefner suite was the most expensive suite in Vegas and it was like 80 grand a night or something crazy like that. Like I'm curious, does anybody actually really pay for that or is it just something that they put high rollers in as like a gift and they're like, this is an $80,000 suite? I think both sometimes. Really? But I think probably more for high rollers. Yeah. I feel like it's a gift they give people. Yeah. (laughs) So you say it's really cool to have a party in there because shooting free throws when you're drunk is so much fun. It really was, but someone can't stand that I'm having a good time. Well, as I was going to say, Hef sitting on a bed right next to the court and you're shooting the free throws. And... um, I say there were tons of people trying to make free throws or whatever you call them. (laughs) And it was packed because even now, like I second guess, I'm like, is it free throws? Is that what you call it? Like it is, right? But for some reason, well, I can see how you get get mixed up with like a three point shot, which happens from like a particular space. But like, I get it. And I know that's what it's called. But for some reason in my head, I'm always like, am I saying this right? Free throws. Well, also, it's a tongue twister, kind of. It is. I think that's more what it is. Is also, anyway, you're throwing the ball. And I, and we hear her say, darling, as a ball. And then they show a ball hitting the girl in the head, which was not you. (laughs) And if you, he says, if you shoot from over here, you can use the backboard a little bit. Blah, blah, blah. He's like trying to give you all these pointers. And you're Mm -hmm. just like, I'm drunk. Leave me alone. Yeah. Throwing baskets. (laughs) I was having so much fun. And I did not give a shit if the ball went in or not. I was just pure joy. I was drunk. I was having fun. And he can't stand it. He acts like it's the most humiliating thing in the world, that I'm missing the shots, and I need to come sit down. He's like, well, if you're not going to go stand over there, you need to sit down, or something like that. And it's just, I know it doesn't seem like the biggest deal in the world, but it's just an example of how anytime he saw me like really lit up or having fun, 
he couldn't handle it and he had to like crush it some way and I felt like this was kind of maybe a good theme for the episode is how I know I felt this way at the mansion I wanted to ask you if you did how I felt like I was walking around in like a glass tube the whole time so to speak like I can't make a move without like getting reprimanded or something like I just felt like so stiff and like I had to watch my every move Uh, to a point but I think it was extra for you yeah but definitely to a point I felt that way too did you notice that the first part of this scene I'm like MIA I'm not on the bed with you guys I'm not sitting on the bed Mm -hmm. with Hef I'm not throwing free throws with you guys (laughs) I'm not throwing free throws over by Kendra later I'm standing by Kendra over Uh there but I don't know where I went. Like, did I go to the bathroom or something? Maybe. Like, and there was a huge line. And I was gone forever. Yeah. Like, I'm just like MIA in the whole first part of this, which I thought was weird because maybe grabbing drinks or hanging out with Crystal and Jillian. Maybe I don't really care that I'm yeah. not in it. Like, thank God, because I probably would have been yelled at too for not making baskets. But I'm just like, I think it's weird that I'm not there. Where Where the heck did I go? I must have had to use the bathroom, or maybe I had to run back to the room for something. Or yeah, something's weird about it. I feel like too when I was. Shooting the free throws, I don't even feel like that much attention should have been on me. Like, I know the cameras were hovering because Hef, like, had a few things to say and they wanted to juxtapose it like, Holly's going to really suck and Kendra's going to be really good and let's make it look like there's a competition. But I just felt like I was off to the side having fun and nobody really cared what I was doing. And Well, I feel like they made Kendra look really good at it mm-hmm. in this scene to make you look extra bad, too. Yeah, I feel like if you were like I'm not th- I'm not doing that, and I was MIA for whatever yeah. reason, and you were just sitting on the bed, and it was just Kendra doing that, I think they would have done their normal joke of Kendra yeah. can't get it in the basket, and Kendra's the one hitting this girl in the head with the balls yeah. all the time. You know, I feel like they would have gone with their usual joke, mm-hmm. but now they have a new person to make. Look I know like she's the bad I know. one. And it have screams, use the backboard, move over. And you say, I don't want to move over. And like, he doesn't give a shit. They play it up like he's so excited that Kendra's making the baskets and that he's so humiliated that I'm not making the baskets. But since when does Hef fucking care about his girl's athletic skills? In no, fact, he a few episodes ago or last episode, he just said, like, I don't pick my girlfriends on their tennis skills, right. which was a joke, but I think also true. Yeah, of And course. it's just, it's a control thing. Like, he doesn't give a shit if I can really make a basket or not. No one no one else besides that camera was looking at me, I swear to God. Like, yeah. nobody gave a shit what I was doing. Everybody was kind of just throwing basketballs and having fun. But he has to, he sees that I'm lit up and enjoying myself and having fun, so he has to turn it into a thing. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, well, I had two questions there. One, why does he care? Like, why does he care? Exactly. Like, why does he care? But then the second is, why didn't you want to move over and make and actually make a basket? <laughs> I just think I genuinely didn't care. Like, I wasn't trying to, like... I mean, it was crowded in there, so I didn't want to push yeah. anybody aside. Yeah. Because I would have been. And I was just having fun, and I didn't care. And I, that was what I was trying to convey to him. Like, I don't care if I'm actually making it. I'm just having fun. He's like, well, you should sit down then. Well, you're you're right. Like, if you had gone over to get a better position, uh-huh. not only would you have gone over there, but the camera crews and the producers, yeah. and it definitely would have displaced a lot of people that were legitimately having fun and trying to, like, just you know, enjoy their night at the Hardwood Suite. So it definitely would have displaced people. So I can totally see why you wouldn't do it. I just thought it was worth asking because I think other people are 
could question it. You know, like, why not move over? Yeah, I just just wasn't what I was trying to do. And I didn't remember this, like this night didn't stand out in my memory too much because him doing that was not, to me, was not an unusual thing. So it just kind of blended in. But when I rewatched this episode, it all came back to me. And when I rewatched it for YouTube about a year ago, I was like, the feeling came back. So then I go sit on the bed And even though I think the average viewer would probably look at me and think, oh, she seems fine and she seems happy to like go back to the room and go back to bed when Hef suggests it, I can tell I am kind of crushed inside. And when Hef says, oh, let's turn in, I'm always happy to turn in. I just kind of want to leave because I'm not having fun there anyway. So I might as well go to fucking bed. I full on read that when I watched this scene. Good, maybe I'm glad because, somebody did. <laughs> maybe it's because you know me, but... Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's because he knows... Because I know you, but when I... When he said, okay, then why don't you just sit down and watch then? The tone in his voice... Yeah, you know that tone. It's It just makes you feel like absolute shit. Yes. There's something about it. And it just gave me all the feelings, mm-hmm. like, in not a good way. Like, it gave yeah. me all the negative feelings of, like, ew. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, like, why do you, again, why do you care? Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? Fucking sit on the bed and watch. Yeah. Or grab a basketball and do it yourself. Let's see how good you are. Maybe it's because you weren't in the scene that second and I'm up doing something and he's like, fuck, I can't sit down and not have a girl next to me. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's where some of the pissing. Because my next from. question is, why is sitting down the solution? Exactly. Like, wh- wh- so don't participate at all. Let's just sit here and yeah. be lumps and, and watch Kendra yeah. make baskets or not. And like I said already, the only reason they're playing up Kendra here to look extra good is to make you look extra bad yeah because i mean we've talked about before how at least from what we heard and what she said publicly like what kendra didn't like about the show was she felt like they always made her look like she's bad at sports Mm -hmm. so she's finally getting her moment but that's because at your they want to be yeah (laughs) and they want to make it look like it's a competition Right. So um, in interview, she said George Maloof said he should hire her to play for the Kings. That's the uh, Sacramento basketball team that he owns, in case you don't know. And she's like, you should have heard that shit. He was crazy. It was crazy what he was saying. (laughs) We're like, it was crazy. Like, yeah, that is crazy. People were asking me what the Maloofs were like. I mean, I really only interacted with George and he was always really nice like soft-spoken I don't know too much about him he was always very hospitable so yeah I always thought he was very nice they were always like we come from a different perspective though because they the palms and because of the Maloofs like opened us welcomed us with open arms yeah for sure like everything we wanted when we went to the palms was given to us like mm-hmm. poolside the Hugh Hefner suite poolside cabanas yeah. food alcohol amazing seats at the at the clubs like we were just spoiled rotten yeah. at the at the palm so like what what there is nothing bad to say about that yeah like, we were just, totally like amazing like I love the opportunity to go and nothing Vegas. weird was ever expected from us in return no oh god no they we, were just so excited we were there and happy we were there and yeah I think people get weird with me a lot for not being quote-unquote more grateful for the stuff from Hef and I'm like I'm grateful for the opportunities we got, but you must realize that a lot was expected in return, like some weird shit. Yeah. 
that's true <laughs> and nothing from the poems except for maybe like an appearance mm-hmm. or whatever at their clubs or just to be able to say that we were there for at, at the pool or whatever yeah so that was cool and then continue K- Kendra continues to pump herself up who can do that who can do that come on challenge me somebody here you plop down on the bed Kendra says that she wishes that Hef had a basketball court in his suite. And now I'm here, finally. Yeah, And I'm on the bed with you and Hef. And he looks over to me and says, "You can you believe this is a suite? <laughs> Which is crazy, you guys. The themes of all these suites was totally crazy. I know we kind of already talked about them, but they were amazing. Oh, you talk about how you're standing in the, that Kendra's in the, because he's still, the, they're still Oh, he's still like raining. bragging about how great Kendra, like, well, she's standing in the spot. That's what I told you to do. But like, he doesn't understand that wasn't what I was trying to do. I'm not trying to compete with anybody, not trying to, giving a shit if I make a basket. I was just having fun. And that wasn't right. enough. But he's still going on about it. Like, yeah. oh, well, Kendra's in the easy spot. And that's because you're using the backboard. What I told you to do. Yeah, like, he's still going stupid. on about it, even though it's over. <laughs> it's done. And you're just like rolling around on the bed. Clearly just like, I want to get out of here. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that's what it looked like. And um, you say you're tired, but you were also sick. You're also drunk. I'm also, yeah, so dispirited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you just got like the wind taken out of your yeah. sails. Like it's clear to me. And you say, and he asks, are you ready to turn in? He's got to know. But a part of me thinks he doesn't. But he's got to know that. Well, I think he knows. And I think it's a control thing. And I think he didn't want to stay there very long because he gets tired. So he's like, oh, you're ready to turn in, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah. I'm not fucking having any fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you say I'm always ready to turn in. And Hef, then Hef leans over to me and says, you and Kendra can hang out as long as you like. That's a rarity. So I how was, late did you guys stay out? I was like, what the fuck? Is this for real? Yeah. Holy shit. And then it, it cuts to montage of Kendra and I like dancing and drinking and basketballs and cigars and hanging out with Roberta Cavalli. And- Wait, I just thought of something. And this is not anything I ever thought about or made a connection to before. But do you think that rare moment of you guys can stay out as late as you want was like supposed to be an extra contrast? Like, let's turn in and you can't have fun. You guys can stay out as late as you want because it was so rare. I never thought about that before and that's nothing I would have ever like been jealous of or begrudged you guys for a moment. Like, it didn't bother me then and doesn't bother me now. But now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, wait, that was a really rare thing for him to let you to do. Oh, wait. Not only is it rare, it's weird that he would have said that. Like, why wouldn't mm-hmm. he have said... Why don't you guys stay another hour and then, you know, we got things to film in the morning or do in the morning and stuff. Like, you can stay out and he specifically says, as long as you want? Yeah. In Vegas? You don't tell anybody that. (laughs) Exactly. Things don't close. Like, it doesn't close. I mean, I don't remember how late we were out, but Kendra says that we didn't come back to the room until 5.30 in the morning. I believe it, because it was probably pretty late by the time we were even in the hardwood suite. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that night? I just remember hanging out with all the playmates, and I remember Roberto Cavalli was there. I remember, I I mean, and this isn't just because it's on the show, but uh, the cigars, because I'm really, uh, yeah. I don't like this, I don't like cigar smoke. I don't like, I don't, actually, I don't even mind cigar smoke as much as I mind cigarette smoke, but I remember just like all the smoke and just being like, bleh. <laughs> 
<laughs> on it. Yeah. I get really sick from it. I get a really bad headache. I get like it's stuffed heavy. up nose. Mm-hmm. I get um burning eyes. Like my I feel like it's in my hair for weeks. Even after I wash yeah. it, I can't get rid of the smell. So um The cameras are not shy about focusing in on Amber's boobs. <laughs> I know. And they do it more than once. Yeah, I was like, damn. And I'm always like, uh, not making fun, but like really mm-hmm. playing into her boobs shaking around. Yeah. I'm always like, ah, yeah. like point them out and stuff. Amber's so fun. I love her. <laughs> the old footage of Vegas sends me, just like the montage footage that of stuff that's not there anymore. Like where City Center is now, there used to be this hotel called the Boardwalk that was like Boardwalk clown theme. And it had like fake amusement park rides and it was really janky looking. I don't even remember that You can place. see like a split set second of it in the b-roll i'm so bummed you guys because i was gonna bring the schedule and i forgot it again oh no i know dang i totally forgot it it's because it's in my scrapbook and i didn't pull it out that's the problem just rest assured everything's out of order everything's out of order because it shows us going to madame tussauds in this next scene but i'm pretty sure we did that the first day Mm -hmm. not the second day I can, I will post the whole schedule on our Patreon. Well, we did because I'm wearing that janky outfit. Oh, okay. (laughs) See, I thought I was wearing the outfit. The corset over the shirt. You know what's interesting? I'm not wearing the same outfit I wore on the plane, but I'm wearing the same outfit. I don't know. I don't know how many times I changed. Maybe the plane footage was from something else. Did they even show us on the plane though? No, but my scrapbook photos. Oh. I'm wearing this like black and white like Playboy tank top and like black capri pants and little black like kitten heels with my black leather jacket. And I'm wearing it at the start of this episode. So, but maybe when we, they show us first pulling up to the palms and looking at the marquee and taking a picture, maybe that wasn't us arriving straight from the airport. Maybe that was us coming back from Madame Tussauds. It was. It was oh, okay. coming back from Adam Tussauds. It's all making sense now. <laughs> it, it, in the show, it makes it look so serendipitous. Like, we're like, we should take a picture in front of the marquee. It's literally on our schedule. Take photo in front of marquee. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't so just, like, spontaneous and let's just do this. Mm-hmm. It was def- It was scheduled that we were going to oh, go do that photo. That makes sense. It does make sense, but it's just so weird. Because you watch the show and you believe it. Yeah, so it kind of like could mess with our memories too if we're not careful. It does mess. Mm -hmm. So luckily I have the scrapbooks and the schedules and stuff to like kind of bounce it back and forth on anyway we're talking we're on our way we're going to madame tussauds if you don't know what madame tussauds is it is a wax museum but like a super real wax Mm -hmm. museum i mean these things are crazy there's one here in la there's one in vegas they have them yeah all over the place yeah i don't know how many there are in the limo on the way there kendra is talking about ferrets in the limo which is a very weird topic and and it's weird that they left it in there because I feel like what does this have to do with the show at all? Well, if you're just watching the show, if you don't know the backstory, would you know she's talking about ferrets? Because I think it sounds kind of random like, and then it bit onto me and I threw it across the room or something like that. Oh, does she not say she's talking about ferrets? And I just we talk know about it? it in the commentary. Oh, I'd have to go back and look. I think when you're watching it just as a viewer, you might not even know what she's talking about and they might have left it in because they thought it was funny and random. So Kendra's talking about having them and talking about how terrible ferrets are and that they latch on and they were biting her and they're crazy. And we're kind of arguing about it a little bit in the commentary because I always wanted a ferret. And she's like, no, you, they're demons. Like, you don't want one. You wouldn't keep it. I'd like to see how fast you give it away. 
But I would like to say that I got ferrets in like 2010 and I had them for their whole lifespan and my kids still have ferrets and we love ferrets. <laughs> well, she talks about how she had to throw it across the room because it was latching onto her and biting her. I don't think that's funny. I don't think it's funny yeah. either. They're also illegal in California. I'm sure you have yours in Vegas. Yeah, mine are in Vegas. They always have been. But it's weird because a lot of pet stores sell ferret stuff in California. Like I always noticed that, or at least they used to in LA, because I used to always think about wanting one when we were at the mansion. And I would see ferret stuff in the pet stores, but you're not supposed to have them in California. Well, I think ferret supplies can also be used for other small Oh, that's a good point. Rodent animals. Um, And they are okay to have in other countries. They're illegal in California because we are, we produce all of the produce for like the entire United States practically. And they somehow are an invasive species to agriculture in our state. Yeah. And I think they're threatening to like some other kind of animal too. I remember looking it up a long time ago. So I'm like, why are they illegal in California? Yeah. It's just the (laughs) agriculture thing. Yeah. Um, But my whole thing about ferrets is they stink. They do have a funny smell, but that doesn't even bother me. What really stinks is their pee. (gasps) I didn't even know about that part. I just know they're very skunky and musky smelling. And they leave that odor on you after you, like, fondle them. Yeah. I don't want to say fondle. That sounds bad. We can play with them. Yeah. (laughs) Touch them. When I had them them in my house, I used to have to, like, hose down their cage every day because the pee smell is so strong. And eventually we built, like, a whole, like, outdoor air-conditioned thing for them that's really awesome. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You say in the scene, I love ferrets, and she just totally ignores you and keeps telling her story. <laughs> like, not even, doesn't even turn around. We pull up to Madame Tussauds, and some dude, we're getting out of the limo, and some dude screams out, you're the man! Which was so common. Like, that was always what people would say when Hef would walk around. Hef is the man! You're a pimp! Guys love to yell that stuff. Yeah. Always males, too. It was never yeah. a girl going, you're the man! Yeah. <laughs> was always guys. Hef is the man. In interview, I say I've heard so much about Madame Tussauds' wax figure of Hef. The photos of it looks like a spitting image of him. But something about it is a shade off, off right? right? You yes. know what? I think it's the hair. The haircut is a shade off. And I think it's set back a little. Like it needs to be pushed forward on his hairline just a little bit more. Because like the face and everything is really good. But something about it looks creepy. And I think it's the hair. I think it's the hair too. Because yeah. I paused it and I was like, wait. The pictures that I saw of it before we went did look dead on about him. Mm-hmm. But then when I was watching it on the video, I'm like, wait, what is off, though? Because something is off. And my I, I came back with hair, too. The hair. Yeah. Something is wrong with the hair on it. I'm asking the important questions that we need to know. Does it have a penis? Yeah, I know. <laughs> And I hear myself say in the background, we'll have to check. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, was actually interested. Maybe it does. Maybe we're it investigators. Doesn't. But we're in the elevator on the way up and the manager tells Hef that his wax figure is the most popular attraction they have. Oh, I think it was right by the entrance, too. Oh, maybe that's why. First thing you see. Well, well, I think, yeah, it's right by the entrance. And it was like a good photo op because you could go sit by it on the round bed. Yeah. Yeah, they had a whole room. I get to that in a second, but I can jump to it right now. They had a whole room that was like boudoir themed. And I think the round bed. Yeah. And I think there was a Jenna Jameson figure in there, too. That sounds familiar. I don't remember it specifically, but... That sounds, why don't we have wax figures? I want a wax figure. Well, I was going to say, there was some talk of it when I had my show in Vegas, but my manager was like, they're just going to put you in the same room as Hef. And I'm like, you're right. Oh, it would be fun. Like, you guys, these are so realistic. You cannot tell, like, which ones are real, which ones are fake. 
it's hard to tell. And they cut this out. Maybe it's a deleted scene. I haven't watched them yet. But there's a whole like um, horror themed part we yeah. walk through, and they actually do have a real one that comes to life in there. Ooh, scary! Which I know uh, Kendra was screaming. Uh, it's really fun. I wish they would have left that in, but maybe it's a deleted scene. I'll have to check. I bet they took it out because it's quote unquote too Halloween. Ugh. <laughs> My whole life <laughs> you is know, Halloween. You folks. know that's what it is, though. Um, they show Hef doing the president's gig. And you know what I thought was a great piece of editing is Hef tells a joke and they cut to the Princess Diana figure who has like that Princess Diana smirk. Like she's smirking like, oh, the joke's kind of funny. But yeah. It was really good. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Yeah. <laughs> These fa- the, the one thing that's really cool about Madame Tussauds too is that you can actually touch them and take pictures with them. It's not like just off limits which is cool yeah i'm surprised they let people do that because those have to be expensive and you know people probably do weird shit to them sometimes for sure i'd love to hear some bts stories from somebody who works at the wax museum don't you know somebody who works at the hollywood one yeah madame tussauds yeah. I, yeah i did my other podcast there and um i feel like vegas is more likely to get people doing weird perverted shit to the statues though well speaking of that <laughs> kendra's flirting with the alvis one and she turns and grabs his dick <laughs> i wonder if it had one i don't know but she grabs where there would yeah. be one and then they have an altar with george clooney at it and it was like a running joke because uh-huh. i had a crush on george clooney it's the only safe person that i could really have an open crush on without hef like freaking out yeah because he's very hall pass status yeah so Hef like was like in on that joke. So the fact that they have George Clooney there, like, do you um, and Nick have hall passes? No. Do you have a hall pass? <laughs> Fuck no. Oh my god. I would decapitate a woman. <laughs> you know what? I've never. We've never really talked about it at all. But no, <laughs> uh, no, we don't have it. Um, okay, so I throw on the wedding gown, grab the bouquet, almost forgot the veil. Jillian comes running up, puts my veil on, and um, I got married to George Clooney I that love weekend. It. Yeah. And I think you said in the last episode how they were able to use that in a promo and make it look like we all got married. Yeah, <laughs> which I just think was like that was, I know we, we complain about the editing uh-huh. all the time, but I think that was great editing. Yeah. And also just like, Really, like, I had no idea there was a George Clooney wax figure. I had no idea it was at a wedding altar. And I had no idea that you'd be able to, like, throw on a wedding dress and and pretend to, like, I hadn't, we had no idea any of that was going to happen. And so I just feel like the way that that all, and especially when Kendra was saying that, like, we had no way of knowing. So then to edit that together like that, I think is really funny. It was good. I say I wasn't planning on getting married that weekend. And Hef is laughing. Kendra poses with Joe Montana. And then we go in and we see Hef's wax figure and we all pose with it. Again, Kendra grabs the dick (laughs) or non-dick. Yeah. And I I noticed that the bed and pillows that he set on is very like 70s color palette, like the rusty oranges and stuff. Was it oranges? I thought it was like reddish, but maybe it was oranges. When I watched it, I, I thought something looked like 70s rusty. Yeah, that's that rusty funny. color palette. And there's a ton of paparazzi there taking our pictures. Oh, maybe they were following us on that's this nutty excursion. Yeah. Well, I noticed in the scene my whole ass is hanging out. Oh no. Cuz I'm leaning to like, oh. you know, be close to the wax figure and I have a short skirt on and my whole ass is out. Oh no. I'm like, "Oh, that's cute." <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I feel like that happened a lot when 
you happened a lot to me too, like running around in skimpy outfits. You don't always realize what people can see from certain angles. Like there's certain shots that even recently when we did that pilot for like in the, in the haunted house, remember there was that one camera shot that like went straight up my dress. Oh yeah. And if you're looking at the shot, you should be like, Holly, why were you sitting like that? But I swear from where I was sitting, it didn't even occur to me that I wasn't like blocked. Yeah. Well, we're all on the floor deep in an investigation. So you're Mm -hmm. not really thinking about, yeah, my whole ass was hanging out. But I have very fond memories of going to the Wax Museum. Like next it shows us going to the Playboy store at the Caesars Forum shops. But and none of us had ever been there before. But let me just say that's not how it went down. We went to the Caesar Forum shops and there was this massive crowd and a table set up for us and we did an autograph signing of our playboy magazine there Mm -hmm. that's the reason we were going there and it was right out front of this brand new playboy store that was um had just opened it's crazy because i mentioned in commentary how people smoked in that mall and they don't anymore like i can't remember the last time i've been in forum shops and like smelled smoke oh that's good but it's crazy how kind of relatively recent that was that people were still like smoking in a mall oh yeah and I remember at the time thinking it was unusual like in California people probably wouldn't be smoking in a mall and I remember going in there and thinking ugh, smells gross in here yeah well it was just because it was Vegas and Mm -hmm. still even though you're in the forum shops you're still in the casino yeah so there was no rules on the smoking situation it's one of the it's one of the things that I I don't dislike a lot about Vegas, but that's mm. the one thing is the smoking. There's one smoke free casino on the strip now. Is it which one is it? Park MGM. Oh, but I mean, obviously, you don't want to contain yourself to those yeah, places. Totally. Like when I'm in Vegas, I'm all over mm-hmm. the strip, um, and I love it. But so it, in in the episode it shows them shutting the whole store down for us and we go on a shopping spree and they did do that but this is after we did like a two-hour signing for Mm -hmm. and there's photos there's so many people packed oh yeah and i think in a later season it's probably like season three it shows us doing another autograph signing in that same spot and you guys can see how crazy it is and how many people yeah, it is really packed. So they shut down the store for us, and we get to go on a shopping spree. And like they said, anything you want. And I was hesitant, and I talk about being a little bit hesitant too. You're having I, zoo flashbacks, <laughs> zoo swag. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was rewatching. But I remember at the time thinking, I don't understand this. Like, we get to pick like ever, anything we want out of here and we just get to have it. Like who's paying for it? Like I was very, very hesitant and I remember not grabbing very much stuff. I didn't pile up either. I picked like a handful of stuff I thought was cool. I assumed at the time that it was going to be just kind of like a promo write off. But we found out later that they gave Hef the whole bill and then we felt bad. You guys. I know Kendra got it like a two thousand dollar that that white jacket. Oh yeah, that those jackets were really expensive. Those jackets are like twenty five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and I know she piled up all kinds of stuff. I know I got a mug. Yeah, a pink mug with like a. I'm bummed about this mug, you guys. I just have to tell you because it still hurts me today. It was a cute baby pink mug, and it had a white Playboy bunny on it, and. I don't know why I did this, but 
at my house, we had an automatic gate, and mm-hmm. the and I had to keep it open for some reason. And the only way to keep it open was to like put something over the sensor. Yeah, and I just like quickly grabbed the first mug that I saw, and it happened to be that mug, and I uh-huh. put it over the sensor, not even realizing that it was just the gate was just gonna like shove it oh, off no. and keep going anyway, and it broke into a million pieces. And I loved that mug, and I would have still had it today. Wait, was it the girls next door mug or like a Playboy? No, mug? Oh. it was just a Playboy mug. I oh. could probably replace it. Yeah. But it was just the fact that I got it at the store on this occasion. Scour eBay. True. And then I got this purse that reminded me of Wednesday Wiz- Gizmo. It's so cute. Because yeah. it was black and furry. But like when I'm in those kind of situations where somebody's like, yeah, go on a shopping spree. Like I am never, I, that makes me so uncomfortable. You don't want to be greedy or take to advantage. Yeah. Like how are you supposed to act? Are you supposed to go like, well, shit, they said to do it, so take advantage and, like, grab Supermarket everything. Supermarket sweep. Yeah, or are you supposed to be, like, polite and modest and, and only take, like, what you would have actually maybe have bought or could afford to buy or mm-hmm. pay for if you were doing I Like, I don't know how to act in those situations. Yeah, it's confusing. I don't remember exactly what I picked out. I remember assuming it was just going to be, like, a company write-off, like, they'd consider it a promo. We'd end up wearing it on the show, and it's a circle jerk of goodness but yeah but then we all found out that they sent half the bill and I think we all three well we're all three talking in the commentary and we all three I think felt genuinely bad about that like maybe we wouldn't have gone so crazy and I think that's interesting like I'm totally like blowing our own horns here but I don't know if all of those girlfriends in the past would have given two shits. No. I think they would have been like, pile up, who the fuck cares who gets the bill? But we all genuinely felt bad. And I think that's interesting to note. Like, even though we're, you know, spending 24-7, like, promoting Playboy and doing what he wants and stuff, we still, like, don't want to take advantage. Right. And that's all three of us, I think. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to note, too, since we're on that topic, is how well we're all getting along in this episode, which is such a transition from the last episode, which actually happened way earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, it is just a roller coaster, you guys. And I was looking through my scrapbooks to kind of see what did we do in between filming season one and season two. And we all look really happy, like we're all getting along and all supportive of each other. So it was really a roller coaster. Yeah, it's just up and down. Mm -hmm. So the next scene, we go... (laughs) to the Rio to meet Roberto Roberto Cavalli for dinner. And I have a couple of things I need to say about this. I have to put in a little dig here because we go to the Rio. This is not my idea again, you guys. I'm not pushing for the Rio. But we go there and the mean girls, I've said this way back in the beginning, the mean girls were so pissed at me because we went to the Rio for dinner to the Voodoo Lounge like back in the day. In 2003 when it was the 50th anniversary. Yes, and they're like, blaming me for the reason that we were going to the voodoo lounge oh we have to go to this stupid restaurant because uh Bridget picked it that's interesting because I think I actually picked it because we went to the voodoo lounge the very first time I went to Vegas with Hef and we went to the voodoo lounge and it's this restaurant that was on top of the Rio I don't even know if it's still there And it was the first place I ever saw the big drinks come out with dry ice. Like, I know that's a common thing people do, like they do it Mm. at Sugar Factory and all these places now. But back then, I'd never seen it before. Novelty, didn't see it around in the next year since. So I thought that was like a really cool restaurant. 
want, I want. So I'm, it was me who said I wanted to go back. And I think it's funny, like the mean girls get hateful toward us, but sometimes they'll like blame me for stuff that you were like accidentally involved in, or they'll blame you for stuff that I picked. And it's like, you don't even know who you're mad at, but they turned their nose up at stuff if it wasn't like the most posh. Well, but what's so funny about this is they were too good to want to go to the voodoo. I mean, they obviously had to go, but they were too good to go to the voodoo lounge because it was so beneath them. I didn't know they were mad at you for that. But then here we are at the voodoo lounge with Roberto Cavalli, somebody they would have like tripped themselves over to go. I know. I mean, they had to be dying that we're eating dinner and hanging out with Roberto Cavalli and he's making us custom shoes, which we're going to get to. Like... Can I just say I love your pink dress you're wearing in the scene? It's so pretty. Thank you. I love that dress too. And I'm so happy I really was wearing it in Vegas because I did um one of our slumber parties archives and I was like, did I wear this dress in the yeah. in the Vegas episode? I can't remember. Well, here it is. Yeah. But I was. I definitely was wearing it. It reminds me of like if you took Nicole Kidman's pink outfit from Moulin Rouge and turned it into a cocktail dress. Or like a it reminds me of like an ice skating dress. Yeah, I can see that too. I love it. I want to wear it again. Like I think I haven't tried it on, but I think it still fits. We'll see. Yeah. I'm a little confused in this scene, too, because Kendra says something about like, we need to stay an extra night and have. Oh, oh, she goes, I heard a rumor we were going to stay the night. And he goes, well, you heard rumors are wrong or something like that. And I was like, oh, so was this the last night that we're doing this dinner and we had to fly back in the middle of the night like we usually did? Yeah. Yeah, I think so crazy yeah it is because well she says can we stay an extra night i thought she says maybe i hear we're gonna stay an extra night or something Uh he's like no you heard wrong (laughs) and i love how um hef is acting like he's never seen the menu before this is like the third or fourth time he's been to this restaurant and he's like pointing out all the names of the on the menu that is funny but he's clearly been there since before me (laughs) yeah maybe he just never noticed because he had the lamb chop scent or something that's funny yeah uh anyway she says yeah i I heard we were gonna stay an extra night and he's like really that's weird because i'm ready to go right now which he probably he's joking but he probably yeah, is probably joking. was yeah and then kendra really wants to go out on the patio all of a sudden and well, then because i think roberto's late oh. and so we're sitting around waiting he was really late mm. and i you know i think she's just like antsy yeah very antsy and then she has to like go ask to be out there and in commentary she's like why am i asking like why am I asking like he's my dad or something? And we were like, well, what people don't know is if you didn't ask and just walked out there, Hef would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Where yeah, where's she going? Joe, where is she going? Joe was security. He would be yeah. like, Joe, where is she? Or Mark, whoever yeah. was with us. And they would have been like, well, I don't know where she's going. I don't know. Yeah. And following her. Oh my God. But So you had to ask, even though it sounds like daddy issues, you <laughs> did have to well you didn't have to ask but you at least had to let somebody Make know what you know. were doing yeah like you, I like you could have turned to him and been like I'm gonna go check out what's on the patio over mm-hmm. here you don't have to be like can I go outside pretty please but you do have to say what you're doing yeah so we all go out on the patio looking at the view and Kendra says that her mom is staying at the Luxor and I told totally forgot that her family was in Vegas the same time we were. I don't think I even knew that except for her mentioning it on the show. And is that like a weird coincidence or what was happening? Yeah, I think it was just coincidence. I'm not sure. 
But I also remember that she had asked Hef to give her uncle a job at the Playboy Clubs. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they were out there for that, maybe. Maybe. That gets covered later on an episode, like another Vegas episode later on down the line. So I don't know. Maybe this was like the preamble to that. I don't know. Or just coincidence that they happened to be there at the same time. But her mom was staying at the Luxor and she also leaves. I think it's, I mean, they obviously don't show it on the show, but she leaves and goes, has dinner with her mom on one of the nights we're there. And we're only there two nights. Mm -hmm. So um, she leaves and goes and meets with her over there, Um, which is just a weird, really weird coincidence. Mm -hmm. So Roberto's finally there. Um, He comes with a girl and he's telling us about his pet tiger. Yeah, he had a pet tiger back in Italy. Which is crazy. And we talk about how he's designing the new bunny costume, which we already talked about in the previous episode. And you talk about what a popular designer he is in voiceover, like for people like Christina Aguilera and Scarlett Johansson. My, one of my favorite things he's ever done, and this is a very camp outfit, so some people might be like, what the fuck? But Christina Aguilera, way back in the day when she had like black hair, she did a carpet where she was wearing a uh, Roberto Cavalli like hot pink mini dress that had all these feathers coming off of it. It was one I of think my. I remember that. Yes, dress. it was one of my favorite things. Yeah. And he's wearing one of the rhinestone Playboy Bunny necklace pins which we've told you before are actually like a pin but we wear them on they're a, diamonds a, right or diamond stone. yeah diamonds okay I, diamonds. I only corrected that because i know somebody's gonna ask oh sorry yeah well, okay whatever <laughs> but sparkly yeah <laughs> okay the diamond playboy bunny pins that that the girlfriends or the playmates are given and he says one of the playmates which was Kara yeah had given him her bunny necklace and i he, like when he says I am a beautiful bunny man. Yeah, he was so excited about (laughs) it. So fun. Like, really excited. I am a sexy bunny man. (laughs) Um, And then he's talking about that he loves Aga, which is this Italian restaurant in L.A. But it's not there anymore. No, it's not. It was right on Melrose and, like, close to La Cienega. Yeah, we used to go there semi-regularly for dinners. Mm -hmm, Because it's good. I think Robert De Niro was one of the owners. I think so, too, but I wasn't positive about that. I meant to look it up before we... And then Kendra tells him, well, she really loves Olive Garden. And then we have to address this Olive Garden thing, in my opinion. Should I order us Olive Garden on Postmates right now? I mean... Okay. So, um... Yeah, Kendra says that she loves Olive Garden, and I just feel like we have to address that because I never saw her going to Olive Garden the whole time we were at the mansion, but it's something we regularly did. Yeah, and eventually we got the house to make Olive Garden salads for us. Right, before she even started coming there. Like, it was a thing that we did regularly. And so I just thought it was really weird that she was always pushing Olive Garden. I think it was because it came became a joke after this, so she like stuck to it. Oh. But um I remember along the lines of like Whammo sending us a cease and desist for saying slip and slide and hula hoop, Olive Garden was also unhappy about this. Yes. And there was a article in the wall street journal that kendra kind of got the brunt of since she was the one who brought up olive garden but like as if that's gonna taint the brand as if olive garden isn't something that every american has been to already and knows what it is okay so roberto's talking to us he invited us to come and stay at his mansion in florence italy i wonder if that that's still an open invitation (laughs) (laughs) 
And in commentary, we also said that he promised to send us some stuff for Christmas. And I think we do end up getting the, well, not think. Mm-hmm. I know we end up getting Roberto Cavalli custom bunny shoes. Yeah, they were really cute, like high heel sandals. There's a black pair, a gold pair, and they have like rhinestone Playboy bunnies on them. But unfortunately, like it never happened. Like we didn't go and stay with them or ever see his house in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> I, we do go to Italy after this. I wish we would have yeah. hit him up and gone there. That would have been so fun. Obviously, I mean, in like with Hef going there or like mm-hmm. if we went there now, like with our significant others or something, yeah. not like just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> OK, next scene, we're back at the Palms. We're at Club Rain. So this is the fashion show for mm-hmm. the new bunny costumes. And Holly's in the fashion show. So you disappear backstage. So yeah. it's just us on the uh, we're we're on the stage watching this with um, Roberto and Hef and this place you guys was we, massive it's okay it's a massive place but it was so packed yeah so packed like i mean sure you can see it on the video but even being there and being on the stage like that like it's just like i felt like there was people like just being crushed against the mm-hmm. stage like the stand it was crazy it felt like an arena full of people and then backstage, there's a guy that's, like, organizing everybody. He's like, you guys, just have fun. Just have yeah. fun. Just have fun. And they start the fashion show. And it first started out with not the bunny costumes, but, like, Playboy swimwear mm-hmm. and lingerie, which looked cool. And then they do, like, the this is the part that I thought was really, really cool. They mm-hmm. do, like, the bunny costume evolution throughout the years. Yeah. And I thought that part was really, really cool. Yeah, and I love the pink one that Lauren's wearing. The pink one is super cute. cute. It's very Bridget style Mm because it's all pink and like ruffly. Frilly. And then they introduce Cavalli's new designs, and they have Tiffany Fallon starts it out strutting out in the leopard one. Yeah, so and cute. they have Kara comes out, and uh, she's in a black tux type uh-huh. one. And then I think you're next, or maybe... I think so. I don't think they show Irina or Stacy. I think they show Irina oh, coming okay. back in, and then you go up. Yeah. So there might have been a few people before. They don't show all of them. I feel like they could have shown all of them, but they didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they didn't care. I guess not. <laughs> okay, but you come out in the black bunny costume, but I'm going to let you tell us all about that. It was totally fun and amazing, but you know what I think of when I rewatch this scene, what? which is crazy, is when we watched a rough cut of this episode in Hef's bedroom, I remember watching it and feeling horrified because in my eyes at the time, I thought I had gained so much weight <gasps> and looked terrible. And I know that's crazy. Like, this is, you guys, this is all about body dysmorphia and the body dysmorphia I had at the time. Like, I know I'm very thin in this scene. And looking back, I think the fact that I thought that I was out of control or had, you know, quote unquote, gained too much weight is crazy. And also, I want to say that I'm not trying to push any certain body standard. I think all bodies are beautiful. And I'm not trying to say that because I was still thin it was the reason I was, it was bad that I was thinking this, you know, I could have looked anyway and that should have been acceptable. But because of the pressures I was under, I was so dysmorphic. 
that I remember watching this and thinking, oh my God, I've gained so much weight. That's crazy because not to give something away for later too, mm-hmm. but um, in the I started watching the deleted scenes and there's a scene, a deleted scene where you come, you're at the bunny house and you come out, you're trying it on mm-hmm. and you are so tiny and so hourglass. It's crazy. And, you know, I remember when we filmed the first part of season one, I was at 110 pounds. I know that because I counted every calorie I ate and weighed myself every single day. And then we stopped filming that first section early August and we had about a month off before we picked up again. And I remember thinking, oh, I can relax on my diet a little because we're not filming. And I don't know how much I could have possibly gained in a month, maybe like two pounds of water weight or something stupid. But then when we started filming again, we were so busy. I didn't have time to really be you know, pay as much attention to my diet as before. And I just kind of stayed at whatever my weight was. And then when I saw the rough cut of this final episode, I remember specifically thinking that I thought my thighs were huge, which looking back on that now, I'm like, how could I have even thought that? Yeah. But I remember so clearly thinking it and just feeling so ashamed and feeling like I had let myself go and like I was so out of control and somebody was going to notice and that it would like knock me down a notch or something. And I just think that's so troubling. It is. It's very sad. Yeah. So I had a lot of body dysmorphia. It was pressure I put on myself, but pressure I put on myself because of all the other pressures and because I always felt like Hef always made me feel like I wasn't pretty enough to be in the magazine, even though I'd been in the magazine at this point. That feeling doesn't go away overnight. And I just felt terrified and it was weird and it's, it's sad, but you weren't alone. There were a lot of people that felt that way, too, at the mansion. Yeah, eating disorders were really rampant. And there were a few that I was aware of, or at least rumors I was aware of at the time. But even, you know, since we've been doing this podcast and going back and talking to other people, we found out that so many more people were suffering than I even knew. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really sad. And I wanted to ask you if you ever felt that way at the mansion, like if you ever felt like you were walking around in a glass tube and couldn't make a move or if you ever felt, you know, like you had body dysmorphia or anything. Absolutely. I mean, on both of those things. Yeah. um, I wasn't in a glass tube as much as you were. But as far as body image goes, I don't want to get into too much in this episode because it's going to come up in the future for me really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't have it. Yeah. But the show uh obviously thinks I should have it and and try to give it to me later yeah I feel I feel like there's a trend I wish I could remember this creator's name but there were some TikToks I was seeing for a while where a creator was saying okay here's all these characters in the 90s and 2000s on TV that they tried to convince us were fat and are not Mm -hmm. and they would pick like everybody's thin in the cast but they would pick like the one that kind of has a rounder face and dress them a little differently and they were the quote-unquote fat one. And I don't want to use that word to trigger anybody or be hateful. I'm just saying that's, you know, we live in a very fat phobic society. It's been like that for at least the past 100 years. And that was kind of, I feel like what people were trying to push at that time. Well, I feel like that's what Girls Next Door was trying to do to me. Exactly. 100%, yeah. I was the fat girl of the bunch. Yeah. And I say that in quotes because that's what they were trying. To, and I even, yeah. I even got in Kevin's face about it at mm-hmm. one point. And I said, why are you trying, why are you acting like I'm the fat girl of the bunch? Like we all weigh within a couple pounds of each other yeah why am I why am I being singled out for this and he's like because it's funny oh my god (laughs) and he thought it was just so funny that every scene I'm like going for the food or whatever and I had I had and still have a very healthy relationship with food Mm -hmm. and exercise yeah 
I mean, I might exercise overboard, but I still have a pretty healthy relationship with all of it. Yeah, and it's not okay to make anybody feel that way no matter what their size or shape. But also, we were all very similar in size and shape, and Mm -hmm. they still had to like focus in on one and let's make this a joke. Well, and of course we knew we had to be self-conscious about it. We knew that we had to be focused on that Mm -hmm. to some extent. We're in Playboy. Yeah. And we're on a show. So we knew we had to worry about it, but to give excess worry or to make us out to be something that we weren't. And the extra horrible thing is like, really young girls were watching this show and the oh. producers were aware of that like everybody you know when the show first came out E thought it would be like horny dudes watching it but everybody realized really early on that the audience was really heavily skewing female and young females mm-hmm. and it's such a horrible message to put out there well I should say too that when I first went to Kevin about mm-hmm. it and complained first he denied it and then he laughed and said it was because it was funny and it never was I didn't think it was on funny t- on top of it not being cool and being cruel it literally was never funny and it's something that still haunts me today like people still think I'm the heavy one of the group and like are shocked when they meet me they're like oh you're so much smaller and I know you can say that they're talking about height Mm -hmm. but no they make the little the little hand gesture of like squinching in a waist type thing like yeah they're pushing dysmorphia onto like the whole country So this show is really trying to start some shit right here. On what part? On the interviews. They're trying to be like, why do you, so why do you think only Holly got to do it? Do you feel left out that you didn't get to do it? Like, why weren't you in the fashion show? Oh my God. They totally were setting it up. Oh my God. Always the drama. Mm -hmm. And I was legitimately happy for you. So I'm like, oh no, I mean, I mean, obviously it would have been fun to be Uh in it, but I was legitimately happy for you and like and saying that and stuff. And they were like, yeah, but like, don't you wish you could have been in it? And like just really pushing the buttons for me to say something, even inadvertently say something like, well, it would have been nice if we all could have been in it or we all could have done that or, you know, whatever they wanted Mm -hmm. to get. But they were pushing for the drama. Oh, my God, that sucks. Yeah, I never felt anything but complete support from both you and Kendra about the fashion show. Like I never felt any jealousy or I felt you guys were totally supportive. But yeah, they would do that in the interviews. And that's always why I say we can't ever be held totally accountable for things that are said in the interviews. A, because they're cut out of context. You know, they're always shaping it to be like the narrative they want. And it would be hard to step around those questions because sometimes they'd ask you stuff that you don't think is supposed to be negative. But like you said, here's one that you know is going to be negative. And you really have to like dig your heels in and be really careful not to say anything that could be misconstrued. Yeah, because they try really hard like you said they'll say things like so um you why didn't you want to be in the in the fashion show and then you would say like for and then I would say mm-hmm. something like uh, this didn't really happen yeah. but I'm just saying showing an example of how they would set it up and I would say um oh yeah well I wasn't asked to be in it I think it's just a holly thing and then they would have cut that yeah to I be. wasn't asked to be in it because I guess it's just a holly thing yep. it would have somehow turned into that no yes. I, to- I know exactly what you're talking about and it would be hard when you did recognize that and want to dig your heels in because they would fight you on it mm-hmm. and they like I remember one time somebody was asking me and this was later probably season two or three somebody was asking me to say something that would have made me sound really jealous or possessive in a way that I didn't feel it was something very specific and I was like yeah I'm not gonna say that I don't feel that way and they'd be like come on Holly yes you do yes you do like straight up gaslighting trying to tell me I feel a way I don't feel 
So, well, yeah. not only that, but we've talked about the wild lines they'd have us say before. Oh, yeah. They would just hand us a paper. Say this. Say that. Say it a different way. Say da, 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 da. Yeah. I was happy for Holly, but I wish I could have done it, too. Or, yeah. you know, like it would just uh-huh. be and they'd have you say it like four or five different ways. <laughs> so it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. And these are all just an example. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they would totally do it. And at first I thought that they didn't show Kendra. Be- they didn't show yeah. her like responding to how she felt about you doing it. And I thought, geez, did Kendra say something? something bad but then I watched deleted scenes and she actually says something really nice but I think they kept it out on purpose oh, to sucks. make it seem like maybe Bridget okay maybe Bridget's supportive yeah. but we all know Kendra's not but she was too yeah that sucks that they left that out I think they left it out on purpose because otherwise it would have been a really sweet scene if they left it in oh 100% but they didn't want that no <laughs> but in interview this is the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. You seem so low-key about it. Like, you are very nonchalant. And you're like, yeah, it was fun. And I just um, just was telling myself, like, you said, don't trip and fall. Have a lot of energy. Take your time. And, like, you're just so, like, mo- like not monotone, but very, like, like, you're not super excited that you just did it. You're not... Um, I am monotone, though, in general. Oh, I feel like throughout the episode, I'm very... And even maybe I'm thinking this, too, because of commentary. Maybe I'm getting that mixed in there. But I'm very complimentary about Roberto and what a big deal it is to work with him and how exciting this is. Maybe I say that more in commentary. But I was also sick when I was doing some of the interviews for these. You can hear the raspiness in my voice. And I just am pretty monotone. Like, I just don't emote like most people do. Like, they even make fun of me. This is later in season two. But there's the scene where you get a new car. And I come out to see it. And I'm happy for you and stuff. But I'm just kind of standing there smiling and twirling my hair. And they make it look like I'm just disgusted. Oh. And it's not that I'm not happy for you and that I'm disgusted. But it's just, I just don't emote like other people do. Oh, so like I'm being not, a motor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. I just felt like even knowing your personality, Uh I felt like something about this interview was very low energy and playing it down. Maybe I'm reading into Mm -hmm. it, but I felt like you were very playing it down, almost like you were on to the fact that they maybe they want an interview. They want you to brag and like be overexcited so they can also play up Kendra going what the fuck why wasn't I in it you know or like whatever I'm about to say in my interview or whatever I I don't know I don't know I just feel like there was something going on here oh definitely and I could have been cut to look more nonchalant for whatever reason yeah well I feel like it felt very deliberate to me like you're trying to play it down like it wasn't that big of a deal and yeah I just did it and it was fun and as long as I didn't trip and whatever you know like yeah, it's interesting. I don't remember how that interview went. It might might have been because I was sick. But I also feel like it's odd that the fashion show is like the pinnacle of that episode. And they have me narrating quite a bit through this episode and talking mm-hmm. about what a big deal it is. But they don't show any of the prep. Like they didn't come with me to Vegas the day before for the fitting or talk to any of the other models in the fashion show. Yeah. And they for sure didn't come with you? Like Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, maybe they just didn't decide not to show it for some reason. Yeah, but 
Interesting. Well, then they bring Hef up on the stage, and you're hoisted up on that platform, mm-hmm. and that's then they kind of have us doing wrap ups for each of us while this is happening. Which is funny because we already have done season one wrap ups when they thought it was the end on the Midsummer Night's Dream episode eight, but now we're doing take our two. yeah take two. And I wish I would have written down what our episode eight ones were and how they were different. I remember how mine was different. Like in episode eight, I say what my goals are. Like I. I'd love to get my degree. I'd love to get more dogs. I'd love to have kids sometime in the future. I don't know if that's going to happen here, but you know, I'd love to do that. And this time my response is more like Hef and I are in love and I love being part of his world and being part of like, it's much more generic and much less about my goals. Yeah. It says, um, I have them written down. I don't have the first ones Mm -hmm. written down, but I have these written down. You talk about how being involved with Playboy has affected your life. It's not just being a part of Playboy. It's Hef's life, and we are in love, and it affects everything I do. I love Hef. I love the girls, and I love the direction all of our lives are going. Oh, good. I think I did a good job handling that. Because I know when I say I love all the girls and I love the direction our lives are taking, I'm trying to steer away from the narrative of, like, I want you guys kicked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, So I'm yeah. glad I was able to get that across and that it stayed. And then I say, I'm, I'm talking about how much, how so many of my dreams have already come true. And now I'm aspiring for so much more. And the doors are opening. And I feel like now is my time to shine. And I'm doing some really weird dance with Amber <laughs> while they show this. I'm like... I don't know what that's I'm doing. That's funny. And I think that's kind of similar to what you said the first time. Yeah. But the first time it was more specific to being in the magazine. It was like, now I've done that goal and now I need to find a new goal. Yeah, but it's still very uh, goal-oriented mm-hmm. and aspirational. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and it's true. The doors were opening for us at this moment. Oh, it, my gosh. They really were. I mean, s- slowly. It was slow. Or but maybe it, more slowly for me. But I. But it was happening at least. It was happening and it did really feel like, holy shit, if we get another season of this show. The sky's the limit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, sky is the limit. And it was so exciting. But we are also being told... Uh, e can't keep their advertisers. We're probably not going to do a second season. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is it. We're being told that constantly. Yes. Yeah, so we didn't know. We had hope, but we didn't know. But you're right about the doors opening. And I was very aware of that and really wanted to take advantage. Like, we hit the ground running. Like, we start filming season two in April of 2006. But the month before that, we shoot our first Girls Next Door calendar. So we're trying to do whatever we can. And I think the second episode of season two is called Career Dazed. And there's not really much career related in it, but it does cover me doing like the Playboy jewelry line. Like, I think we were ready and we probably even started working on the Girls Next Door book around that time. Oh, did we? Okay. I don't know if it was quite that early, but we wanted to take advantage. We knew this was something that we could seize the opportunity and use it while it lasted and try to get something out of it. Yeah. And Kendra's wrap up says, being involved with Playboy and Hef has changed her life a lot. The things around me have changed, but I haven't changed. When the Playboy Club start opening again, Playboy will be huge. It'll rule the fucking world. Well, I don't know how many more Playboy Clubs opened, but it was a well, nice thought. <laughs> they were in the progress of opening other ones. Like there they was going to be London the London one for a while. Yeah. But that's and not there. And there was a new york one for a while i don't yeah. know if that's open and it did seem like that was the trajectory at the oh, time i think that's where they wanted to go with it for sure yeah but that did not happen yeah as we all know do you have a best and worst oh no <laughs> damn it i don't think we did it for the last episode 
I think I got off the hook on the last episode. Wait, for murder mystery? Yeah. We didn't do it? I don't think so. Oh, well, we have to backtrack. <laughs> no, what was no, your no. Best I was going to say I got off the hook. Oh, my God. I got off the hook on that now one. Now I'm trying to think what's my best and worst for murder mystery. I don't think as a viewer I'm watching it and thinking anything's bad with murder mystery, but I hate all the backstory of how you were left out of certain things. Yeah. Like, that sucks. And I think best was just kind of seeing everybody come together for a fun night and see everybody like dress up and participate and even seeing how much Hef liked that night, like genuinely. Yeah. That was a really nice moment. Mm-hmm. That's my best for sure is that I wanted to have this party that a, a dream party that I've always mm-hmm. wanted to have this murder mystery thing. And it turned out to be like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like in so many ways. Like you said, Hef enjoying it. People, everybody talking about it. Everyone uh, dressing up, like all of it. And of course, the worst part of it for me is being left out, oddly enough, on, in a few ways mm-hmm. on that. And um, you know what? There is a, a comment that I got that I don't know if it's worth addressing in this because this is a totally different episode yeah. now. But somebody said, I don't understand. Like, it wasn't far away. Why didn't she just walk down there if she got left out? And I want to address that because if yeah. one person's thinking it, I feel like other people might be thinking it. But the point was is that we never went anywhere just like by ourselves. We all lined up in the great hall. We all waited for each mm-hmm. other. And if somebody was late, like we didn't just leave without that person and yeah. you meet meet us down there. Like we all did it in a group. So when I went down and everybody's already gone, like they're gone. Like they did it without they went and did this without me. So then you feel dumb. Yeah. And obviously I'm not needed or wanted. Nobody cares. So there's that. There's the the ego involved. Like, well, okay, mm-hmm. fine. I'm not gonna go down there then. But also, had I have walked down there, to get to where I needed to go would be impossible to get over there if things had already started. Yeah, because we're sitting right on the sidelines and it's packed. Yeah, so if things, which I'm presuming, had already started, if they already are gone, they must have been in some fucking hurry to get out of here. Then it doesn't, there's two things that come into play. One, the what I have to do to try and like get over to where I need to sit because it's on the opposite side of where I would be entering from. Mm And two, I don't want to give them that. They just fucking left without me. Like, why am I going to go out there and be like, what happened? And then what's my attitude going to be like? I don't have a positive attitude in this. So I'm not going out there going, oh my gosh, there you guys are. I'm going out there like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, it's my fucking birthday and everybody just fucking leaves without me? Like, I would have been outraged. Yeah, and I feel like when I try to put myself in your position, like walking out there to something like that, I would have felt like, I missed my chance to get there. It's already started. I'm going to be upset. It might cause a thing. I don't want to have to see me upset. I just want to process this for a minute. I mean, I don't remember walking out there or like what Hef was thinking. Maybe he thought, oh, this is kind of a fun in the sunnish thing. Like we'll just all meet out there. I don't know if that's what he was thinking or not, but it wasn't really that simple. Right. And I'm, I'm in no mood to go sit yeah. out there at this point. And it's like, why should I go out there and be supportive now when it, I'm not being supported? And it's also this double whammy thing where you're like, you can't play in the tennis thing. And now everybody's gone. 
So I imagine from your place, it's kind of like, what the fuck is even going on right now? Totally. So to answer that person's uh, yeah. question, that is why I didn't go out there. I would have been in no mood anyway. Like I would have been like just attitude and like. Yeah, the mansion's not a normal place. Like any other like quote unquote family, like, yeah, you'd walk out there. But the way things were done so by the book every time that when something veers off the book, you're like, whoa, what the fuck went wrong? And like, why am I the one left out in this? It, yeah. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, there's a lot involved in it. So it's not just like, oh, well, you should have just walked down there. It wasn't far. Glass tube. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay, best and worst for Vegas then. Well, I think the worst is really, really easy. It's the Confederate flag shirt at the beginning. We hate that. We wish it wasn't in the show. Oh my God, that was like, just, I was thinking that so was a whole episode ago. ago. I know. And, it, it, and the cold open is so disjointed from Vegas. But it also like, it's a mirror of like all the things that haven't aged well on the show that we wish weren't in the show or things that we wish we wouldn't have said or done that we didn't realize were offensive. So that's easily the worst. Okay, I'll go with that as definitely being the worst, but since you already said it, I'm going to go with um, with the way you were treated in the Harvard Suites. Yeah, that sucked too. Because I just feel like we were having such an amazing, fun weekend, mm-hmm. and that, I'm honestly actually even surprised they left it in there. It just makes Hef look like a dick. Well, I don't know if they're thinking it makes Hef look like a dick. In fact, I question whether and let me let me know on our Instagram comments or whatever but I'm wondering if you guys when you rewatch that episode if you see that I don't know if I'm just seeing that because it's me and I know how I am and I know how it feels when Hef uses that certain tone of voice and then you see that because you know what it feels like when Hef uses that tone of voice and you know me really well so I don't know if other people see it that way I think they were just like excited that they could turn it into a Kendra versus Holly thing yeah like and I don't think like there's a couple things where people have asked like I know people have asked us why did they show the nine o'clock curfew because that makes Hef look controlling I just don't think anyone was thinking of it back then as Hef being controlling because everybody's attitudes were more misogynistic and it was always blaming the women so it's like why do these dumb girls put up with that rather than why is Hef being that controlling and insecure right well, I think this makes him look really bad. I, I feel like, talk about controlling and insecure. Yeah. Like, you can't even throw the basket from, like, wherever you're mm-hmm. standing. Like, I feel like the other reason you don't move over, to is because you know he wants you near him. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, that's a good point. I, and I didn't think of that at the time because I was drunk. But if I would have walked over, even though he's giving me permission to do it, the reason I didn't do it earlier is if I'm taking off and he's alone on that bed, he's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He would get really pissed if nobody was sitting there with him. It's a lose-lose situation. So, it's like, of course, you're just going to do it from where, like, yeah. our table. Mm-hmm. I say that in quotes because it's a bed that yeah. we're, you know, <laughs> sitting on. But um from our area you're just going to do it so you don't have to leave his side. Mm-hmm. And we also know what happens when we do leave his side. Not only does he get pissed, but other girls like try and yeah, swoop totally. in. They would have been like, "Oh, have sitting alone. I'm yeah. going to sit on this bed over here." <laughs> um my best from this episode What is your best? I think my best is just the bunny fashion show. Like, I love the fact that I finally got to do something on my own and finally felt like I kind of had an episode that was about me. I love the bunny costume and how it looked. And I thought that was a fun opportunity. So that's my favorite. 
I think my best, and this might, I might think about it more and be like, that's not my best, but I think my best is truly how they edited the promotions for this with Kendra being like, we we all should get married and then showing me in like a wedding dress and the wedding music. Mm -hmm. And like, I really just thought that was genius as far as like promoting the next episode of the show or the final episode. It was going to be the season finale. So promoting the season finale of the show like that with people thinking that one or all of us possibly got married Mm -hmm. in Vegas and we are in Vegas. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I just thought that was really brilliant. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was a no brainer at the same time, but I also felt like it was really brilliant to do that. Yeah. It was very well done. It was analog clickbait. For sure. For sure. (laughs) So we will see you guys next week. I think with deleted scenes, we're going to go over all the dirt that you kind of missed unless you have the DVDs and the behind the scenes on that. And if you guys would like more content, if you want to see our Roberto Cavalli shoes, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. Oh, and my pink dress is in there too. Yeah, that one's already up. Yeah, the archive. Yeah, so watch all the archive videos. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.